scripture reading this morning is Matthew chapter 26 verses 20 and verses 26 through 30. The reading can be found on page 808 of your pew Bible. When it was evening, he took his place with the twelve. While they were eating, Jesus took a loaf of bread, and after blessing it, he broke it, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take, eat, this is my body. Then he took a cup, and after giving thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink from it, all of you, for this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many for the forgiveness of sins. I tell you, I will never drink again of this fruit of the wine until that day when I drink it new with you in my Father's kingdom. When they had sung the hymn, they went out to the Mount of Olives, the Gospel of the Lord, Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning and thank you for being here today on a Labor Day weekend. It's good to see everyone's face here this morning. Do you ever meet one of those people where you're like, oh, they can just do it all, you know? Uh, maybe they're, you know, uh, most people would consider them good looking. And, they, and they're athletic. And they're smart, like in advanced level classes. And then something comes up where you're in a situation and there's either piano or guitar or something like that. And that person can pick up the guitar or the piano and they start playing and singing beautifully. And you're like, oh, are you kidding? They can sing too? <laughs> I have to admit that when I was reading the scriptures this morning and looking at this passage again about Jesus there in the Garden of Gethsemane with the disciples, they were finishing the Last Supper and they stepped out. I had that moment. I'm like, wait, you're kidding. Jesus can sing too? It's a, it's a note, it's a detail in your scriptures that maybe in your reading of this somewhat familiar passage, you kind of just went right by. It's like, okay, they had the Last Supper, and there's that, that beautiful moment, and then they transition out to the Mount of Olives where he will enter the Garden of Gethsemane, and, and the whole passion of the Christ will begin. But did you ever look at that and notice that in that moment, the transition is in verse 30 here in Matthew. It mentions it as well in Mark. When they had sung the hymn... They went out to the Mount of Olives. This was on the evening of the Last Supper, as the evening turned into night. Now, you might ask yourself, you know, I, I never imagined that. I've, I've tested that a few people as I've been working on this the last couple of weeks. Like, a lot of people never really assume that Jesus sings, but he does. Jesus sings uh, there in the Mount of Olives. And it's, again, it's not a quality that we would assume that Jesus would have this, this desire to sing out, but, it, but certainly it was something that he did well, and my clicker is not clicking with me either. There we go. We might not imagine that Jesus sings. So I want to explore this moment a bit and give you some context for it, because I think you maybe as like I am, surprised. So, so when did he sing? Okay, there he was, leaving the Last Supper, heading to the Mount of Olives, there he will go and pray in the Garden of Gethsemane shortly before that a moment when one of his friends, Judas, comes and leads him into the hands of the Roman soldiers and they take him, arrest him, try him, will beat him, torture him, tease him, crucify him. He will go to his death. That's the context where we are here. How 
did Jesus sound? What does Jesus sing like? Now that we have no way of really knowing definitively. You know, did, did he bless himself with a soaring operatic, you know, voice like a, like a Pavarotti? Was he a smooth crooner, you know, boo, 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 boo? Was he like a Bing Crosby type, an Ed Sheeran? Was he smooth with his tonsils like that? Was he, uh, was he you know, uh, a little rough? Did he have some, some uh, charisma like an Elvis? Hey, did he have that? The Psalms, of course, are poetry. There's a rhyme and a rhythm to them. Maybe he rapped. We don't know. We really don't know how, how Jesus sung. You know, it's easy in these kind of moments where there's sort of a mystery about, you know, biblical character, even as significant as Jesus. You think, well, maybe he's like me, you know? I'm the kind of guy that, hey, if we're going to do some 80s karaoke, I'm on. I'll turn the show out. That'll be great. But no one's ever calling me to do their wedding. Hey, will you sing at my wedding? No one's ever asked that. And I was thinking about that at the wedding of Cana. They said, hey, Jesus, can you take care of the water to wine problem? They didn't say, can you get up and do a solo? Maybe there was a seasonal uh, uh, disaffective order. Maybe there was an allergy like I have. You know, I don't know. Jesus, again, displayed a lot of humanity, but we don't know what he sounded like. But we can have some sense that he probably was a very humble singer because everything that Jesus did was marked with this, this personality that he had that was just humble. And so I'm willing to say if the text doesn't offer us, you know, that he, that he sang the hymn there with such authority and power and passion and resonance, that, that it's possible that he was actually just a very humble singer in the Jewish tradition. Now, again, how did the tune go? We don't know. These are, these are lost songs, these hymns. We know where it came from, and I'll explain that to you in a second. But we don't know what the, the tune was, the melody. These are lost tunes. And I wonder sometimes, why didn't we get the, if we talked about the, the, the Psalms being kind of the worship book of, of us as God's people, where are the notes? Why don't we get a hymnal with it? And I think one of the reasons could be that maybe there isn't one right way to sing it. You know, if we had the notes and it's like, oh, you got to sing it this way and these parts and this harmony and that, and it's got to be sung so beautifully, and then maybe some of us would feel like, well, I can't do that. That's not my gift. Instead, we don't have the notes, but we can assume that it was a lot of minor tones. Well, how would we know that? Because that's Jewish music. I'm actually fairly familiar with a lot of Jewish music. I listen to it quite a bit. When my wife and I were married, all of our wedding music was, was a lot of Jewish you know, music. And so there is a, there's a dryness to, to Jewish music that's a lot of, like I said, minor tones and kind of sweeping statements. There's an emotion to it that's, that's often heavy. And I believe it's sung from the heart as much as it's sung from the note pages. This might be what Jesus was encountering. But again, what did Jesus sing? What did Jesus sing? The only thing we have in the text is when he went out with the disciples and they had sung in, in our translation NRSV, it says they sung the hymn. What hymn was that? Now that we can dig up. In your scriptures, it'll say that they sung the hymn. Um, sorry, this, this is not working for me. I'll do that when I need it. There you go. <clears throat> we can be confident they would have sung the Hallel. Now the Hallel is it been and continues to be a traditional Jewish sing 
that happens around the high holidays, and particularly here, Passover. And the halal is, is focused on Psalms 113 to 118. And it was the, the tradition they had back in the day that continues to this day. So unless we believe that Jesus did something completely different on that night, we have to trust that he was singing from halal. Psalm 113 to Psalm 118. Put to some kind of song or some kind of lyric. Now, they were transitioning out of from the Passover event, and they were heading out and singing the hymn. And so we know that the Passover typically has the Hallel built into it, into the sequence of prayers and the meal and the time together. So what it would have sung is the back half, something in the back part of this Hallel sequence towards the 118 would have been what Jesus would have sung out. Now, as you might want to turn there to Psalm 118, if you have your Bibles with you, great. Let's open up our word to Psalm 118 and listen and look at the very words that Jesus may have sung there in the garden with the disciples as he sung the hymn. The Hallel celebrates aspects of God that God's people would have resonated with. One, they're released from captivity in the Exodus story, that God had redeemed them, freed them, and set them free from that captivity. That is one of the major themes of Hillel. The other is God's blessing of them with the covenant law. Yeah, they actually took the law and were thankful for it, thankful for God's word, thankful that he gave them instructions on how to live for him, how to glorify him, how to worship together, how to stay pure. They thanked him for that in Hillel. They celebrated the promises of God that his covenant with his people would come true, that he's always faithful and merciful and loves them and is near to them and loves them and will keep them. Hallel also celebrates the suffering of the Messiah, the suffering of the Messiah that one day the Christ will come and he will suffer and die for our sake so that we can know God more fully. So in Hallel, they resonated with oh, praise for God, what he has done, what he is doing among them, his assurance, and the great hope for this life and the life to come. That's what they were singing as they sung in Hallel. Now again, this is after supper, and it says it's in the evening now. As evening is turning into night, second half of Hallel would be Psalm 118. And what I want to do tonight, this morning, is walk us a bit into the garden, and maybe resonate with that experience of hearing Jesus sing. Now again, I don't know what Jesus sounded like. I'm sure he sounded a lot better than me. But this was a community sing, and I want you to experience this in a way that hopefully brings it to some life for you. Because there's Jesus there, and it's presumed that he could have and very likely have sung Words from Psalm 18, as he's walking into the garden, by the way, again, towards that darkest night, he would sing, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His steadfast love endures forever. And see, the thing about these halal is they would do it in response, just like we did with our reading today. 
there would be a response in the song where if they knew the next maybe lyric in the psalm, they might resonate with that, might sing it back or sing the continue of the psalm along. Or this being Hallel, they might respond with Hallelujah. So in response to Jesus singing, giving thanks to the Lord, they might even respond saying, Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah. And they would have gone on. And Jesus, knowing what was coming, he had predicted it and told them many times, I'm going to be betrayed and delivered into the hands of those who hate me. I'll be arrested and tried, beaten. With that in heart, he may have sung, With the Lord on my side, I do not fear. What can man do to me? The Lord is on my side to help me. And they would have responded, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Knowing that he was going to be crucified, the worst possible death, anyone can imagine from a physical standpoint, an emotional standpoint, the shame and the mocking. He might have sung, I was pushed hard, so I was falling, but the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my might. He has become my salvation. And they might have replied, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. There in the garden that night, Jesus knew that it is necessary for him to endure this suffering and death in order to fulfill all righteousness so that we could come behind him and experience the fullness of God's love. He may have sang, This is the gate of the Lord. The righteous shall enter through it. The stone that the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone. This is the Lord's doing. It is marvelous in our eyes. This is the day that the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. And his disciples might have replied, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Now as the evening was turning into the dark and the sweat was starting to form in his brow, you could feel it down his back. Sweat that wouldn't, would turn to drops of blood. 
as he would turn to prayer and pray out to God, his father saying, Father, if it, you can, just take this cup from me. But if it's your will, I'll do it. Jesus might have sang, Oh, give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. For his steadfast love endures forever. And his disciples might have replied, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Friends, Jesus, he, he sings. Jesus sings. There, on the night, when he was to be betrayed and arrested, mocked and beaten, on the worst night of his life, Jesus sang praises to God the Father for what he has done, for his sustaining mercy, and for his promises of hope and deliverance. What an amazing Savior we have that the Lord invites us to live that way, that no matter what we face, we meet it with praise and glory to God the Father who is good and mercy endures forever and ever and ever. This is how Jesus invites his disciples to live and to worship and to praise. At all times and everywhere, it is right to give him thanks and praise. Amen? Amen? But friends, who can do this? Who could take praise in their heart on their darkest night? Not many. Uh, and I'll tell you for sure, not my wife, because she has a story to share about this exact thing. Thanks. You're already my vote of confidence that I can't do it. Um, no, I do have a humble story. Um, just because it is, it's hard. We can hear, well, Jesus can do it. He's God. He can sing in the face of trial. And um, a few years ago, I think some of you know I'm from a really big family. I have six sisters and five brothers. Um, here I am with my six sisters, tippity-top there. And we try to get together every time someone, one of the girls has a 40th birthday. So a few years ago, we got together for my sister Renee's birthday. And she lives um, near Asheville, North Carolina, about an hour from Asheville. And so we got together there and um, celebrated her in the city of Asheville. And then we were going to drive back up the mountain to back to her house to sleep for the night. Um, and while we were getting into the van, her old minivan, um, the snow started to fall. This was in February. And it was falling very thick and very fast. And the wind was coming. This was... Definitely a blizzard coming on fast, and it was dark and getting darker and basically a whiteout. So as we're trying to go up the mountain, we see that we're not the only ones struggling. Cars just started sliding off the road everywhere we looked. And then, like, extreme situation happened where a semi up the mountain had turned to jackknife, and cars ahead of the semi were just slamming into the semi. And so as we were making our way towards that, we, in my mind, there was, it was just a matter of seconds probably before we were one of the cars 
either hitting someone out of control or out of control ourselves. And here I am with my dear sisters. And Renee, the birthday girl, was at the wheel because it was her van and her territory. Uh, my oldest sister, Michelle, is very logical. She was in the front passenger seat, and she was just directing. She was navigating. Okay, pump the brakes. Okay, little to the right, stop. Just being very directive, and Renee just knuckles, white knuckles on the, the grip of the steering wheel. My baby sister, Angela, and I, she's number 11, I'm number 3, we were in the um, very back of the van, and I was doing what I felt was the right thing, total panic. So um, that my knees were literally knocking together against Angela's, and I'm like, pull over, five, next exit, five, just, just stop, just might as well just derail, stop, just no, why are we even going? And also at the same time had my phone out to text goodbye to Simon and the kids because I totally thought it was the end. And, and she and I were just like, if we weren't screaming outside, we were in our hearts. But the weirdest thing happened. The middle row, the middle sisters, Lori and Susie, just stopped, stopped the panic with truth. They were saying words of God's character. God, you're trustworthy. Lord, you are with us. We cry out and you deliver us. We can count on you. Lord, you are faithful. You are everlasting. And then, what in the world? They started to sing, both of them. You are my strength when I am weak. You are my treasure that I seek. You are my all in all. And they didn't just stop there. They turned to the back seat to Angela and I, who were in total panic, and said, Lisha, you know, you, if you've sung by me in church, you know I, I harmonize. So they were like, come on, harmony, sing with us. And I was like, no, this is the end. Aren't you taking this seriously? And they just kept singing, come on. Seeking you as a precious jewel. Lord, to give up, I'd be a fool. You are my all in all, singing and declaring his promises. Here's the craziest thing. We somehow navigated it through that whiteout, that storm, past the semi. We got to Renee's farmhouse up at the top of that mountain. Renee fell to Renee's. We all were just like, what just happened? How did we live through it? We had, and we said, thank you, God. But for weeks after, I just thought of that moment, and I, I didn't just think like, wow, how did we make it? I thought, wow, how come I couldn't sing? How come I was so panicked? Why couldn't I sing? Well, maybe it was because Lori and Susie just are maybe naive in their faith, and they didn't take that moment seriously. But I thought of their lives. Susie, who had just buried a baby stillbirth and had struggled with infertility. Lori, who was barely recovering from a head injury at her work. And marriage struggles day in and day out. Their lives were very hard, and yet they had known the promises of God. They were counting on him, whether we lived or not, that he was still good and he was still faithful. You are trustworthy. Mm-hmm. And so for me now, as I sing out in church and in my life, I have known the good of goodness of God and is faithful. And no, maybe I didn't have like 
the best morning. It might seem that that would be why we could sing out, no, my hands are up. I am reaching for God to come and save me as he has and as he promised. And whether we get through it or not, he is still good. You can join me. We can sing. We can praise, even in the trial. Mm-hmm. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lucia. There, on his darkest night, Jesus sings praises to God. And he does this because it is the right thing to do. Throughout the scriptures, we're invited always and at all times to give God thanks and praise, especially in those moments when it feels like the darkness is winning. I think of Paul and Cyrus, Silas there in the book of Acts chapter 16, in prison, shackled, and what do they do? They praise God with hymns through the night, and suddenly the chains are broken and the doors are open, and jailers and their families are coming to know this God. But before we head into communion with this in our hearts and this encouragement that I give you to always and at all times to give him thanks and praise, there's one other aspect of this we should look at. It's in Hebrews chapter 2, in verse 10. It says, it was fitting that God for whom and through whom all things exist and his desire to bring many children to glory should make the pioneer, the author of their salvation, perfect through his sufferings. For the one who sanctifies, who makes holy, and those who are sanctified, who are made holy, all have one Father. For this reason, Jesus is not ashamed to call them, which is you and me, brothers and sisters, saying, I will proclaim your name, God, to my brothers and my sisters, and in the midst of the congregation, I will praise you. What this text is saying to us is that Jesus was made perfect because of how he suffered, praising God always. Because of his sufferings, we are family, brothers and sisters in Christ before a God, our Father, who loves us. And he is not ashamed to declare us as his brothers and sisters while he is praising God there in the midst of the great congregation. In other words, friends, Jesus is still singing. He's singing praises to God right now to the glory of God our Father. And he's saying to you and us, your name, you're my brother, that's my sister. Praise you, God. There's my sister. There's my brother. Praise you, God. We are a family together. Thank you, God. You're so faithful. You're so good. Your mercy endures. My brother, my sister, I'm not ashamed of you. Come with me. Come with me. Come with me to the table and let us eat as a family. My friends, this is why when we come to the table for communion, this is a joyful feast for the family of God, and many are going to join us from the east and the west and the north and the south, and they will sit together at the table in the kingdom of God. Friends, 
Jesus is still singing. Do you hear his voice? Let's come to the table together. Blessed.